So welcome to today's podcast. I have an amazing guest um, who I'm sure many of you will have seen or heard of before, Mr. Joe Troyer. Joe, thank you for <laughs> taking the time to come on to um, the podcast. I know you're very much a podcast dude yourself and uh, it's probably good to be able to have you on that side of a podcast for a change uh, yeah. and see what you're up to. Um, but for any of my audience who do not know Joe, Joe has been in this industry uh, probably as long as me um, back in the early 2000s, college dropout. Um, I wasn't a college dropout as such. I just didn't know what I was doing um, and started blagging my way into this industry. And um, it looks like you've had a kind of similar career, career path, just trying this shit out and... Uh, yep. Obviously, it was good back in the days. Um, so, at the moment, Joe, um, how you know how does the land lie with you? How do you make money? I know you've got um, you can see in the background there you've got your invisible PPC, you've got your podcast. Um, yep. You know, is it still all client work and stuff you're doing? Yeah. So, um, I, everything really focuses uh, first and foremost on client work first, um, and that is my test bed. That's my baby. Uh, honestly, that's what gets most of my attention these days. Um, and then essentially with digital triggers and the podcast, I'm sharing everything that kind of I'm doing in my agency business, um, in my e-com businesses and other spinoffs that I've built. Um, I, I realized very early on that, you know, with SEO and, and learning that as a skill that that can be applied to literally anything. Um, and for me, when I first got started, probably like a lot of people, like doing it for other people was kind of a means to an end. Um, and then I realized like you can make a lot of money doing it for other people and you can build a really awesome business, um, you know, that's very different, right, than, than e-com for yourself and, and for um, and, and other business models. So um, I, I do uh, SEO kind of as a practitioner, so to speak, first, then take everything that I learn um, and uh, and kind of share that on uh, on digital triggers. Um and uh, we saw some, some training over there, uh, but mostly just content and my way to give back to the community. Um, and then you can see Invisible PPC behind me. Um, everybody needs fulfillment, right? Um, and for me, SEO and PPC has always been one and uh, the same. I've always sold them, you know, except for probably my first two years in business, I've always sold them together. And the reason is, is I found that um, if I just do SEO, people drop off, right? because they can't wait for the results. It's like three months in, they're like, come on, man, like what, you know, where's the ROI? Um, and so I, I call it my yin and my yang strategy, right? I got my long-term ROI with SEO and I got my short-term win and here's my proof and here's me getting you leads today, right? Not in six months. Yep. Um, no, it makes complete sense to, to do that. <laughs> and I think obviously it would work well because I think most of us, the in this industry do see clients drop off and we always complain not giving us enough time and blah 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 and um so it's, it's obviously a very good business model that, that you've obviously got there and you you probably are one of the only <laughs> only guys that i know from back then who still enjoys you know doing client work or anything yep. like that as well it's quite interesting to see um you know that you're you're still a practitioner so to speak because a lot of guys just go down the route of e-com and, and stuff like that. But as you say, 
<coughs> there's still a massive amount of people out there who need a good PPC guy or a good SEO guy or just a good yeah. marketing guy. So, um, you know, do you have a team there? Is it is it in house yeah. or is it, do you have VAs? What's your kind of setup like there? Yeah, so um, I have an office here. It's two floors. It's about twenty two hundred square feet. Um, I've had lots of people in this very office and I actually had the office next door as well. So we had roughly 4,400 square feet. Um, and I found for me personally, um, that it can be a little bit of a, and I'm going to swear on here. Hopefully that's okay. can be a head fuck walking into an office with employees in it every day. Um, and if you're not careful, it can really mess with your head. Um, and it, uh, I found ended up bringing down kind of my demeanor. And the level that I was playing at walking into kind of maybe um, a team that wasn't as excited about the opportunities as I was. And so I found that for me, I, I like having team in person. Um, don't get me wrong, um, but I, I'd like to keep it as kind of executive team um, if I can. Uh, but that being said, I, I'm always hiring virtually and I'm really looking for the best talent. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care if it comes from here. You know, I got I got one of my great right hands uh, is is in Europe. Um, I got a, another developer of mine that's absolutely amazing. He's in Romania and and makes crazy U.S. money. So I can only imagine how well he's living in Romania. Yeah. Um, but but I don't care where somebody's located. I just want the best, right? Like uh, I don't I don't have time for the rest. That's uh, it. Makes sense. I think uh, again, what you're doing just. Uh, you know, it probably was cool at one point to walk into the office and have all those staff in front of you and, you know, go down the pub saying, I'm in, in charge here, but does it really provide that much value when you can have a guy in Romania do the same work for maybe, you know, half the price as well? Um, so you've got to look at all of that kind of stuff. Um, but you've you've also had software companies and stuff in the past as well, haven't you? You've so, yep. so what, what I'd be curious to know, obviously um you know having read up in your background and stuff like that you know you've been very successful in the different things that you've done um but what keeps you doing client work you know is, is it the money is it just it's the, it's the foundation it's the foundation um for me um it's it's the it's the basics and a lot of my businesses rely on um on agencies then, right? I'm, I'm helping train agencies, I'm building solutions for agencies, I'm sharing with agencies what I'm doing in my agencies, um, I'm sharing software that I've built for my agency with other agencies. Um, and honestly, man, um, to be honest, Craig, I've just seen way too many people start serving agencies because they have an agency. And then as soon as they make a couple more bucks on the info and training side or software side, right, they, they leave their agency and then they're just hawking shit uh, and they're just selling stuff that really isn't a solution. It's like a half-baked idea. Like I got to make some money tomorrow. So let's throw out a training course that like we've never touched before. We've never done anything with before. It's never been used. And, and hopefully this shit works. Uh, <laughs> and, and man, like, to be honest, I just, I, I despise that. Um, so for me, my agency has to be my number one focus and everything else is just like, it's huge profit margins and it's gotta be fun for me. Um, and I take that money and and I and I shove it in other investments for me. Yeah, um, but going back to the agency side of the thing, or the, the work that you do, um, yep. I'm assuming it's not just the run of the mill clients. You're serving agencies with your software and everything else, so it's more like a white label solution. Yeah, still, still doing run of the mill though, as well, so to speak. Um, I'm I'm practicing what I preach, right? Um, 
I think these days, um, I don't think that you can be a, uh, a generalist anymore and kind of get away from it or get away with it in the marketplace. The market, it's too sophisticated these days, unless you're going in a country that's super far behind. Um, even like Australia is so much further behind than we are in the States in terms of Google and everything else. You might be able to get away with it somewhere like that. But in the States, man, like uh, it, it's tough, man. It's cutthroat. Um, there's so many marketers out there um, and people are getting privy to, to the pitches. Um, so I think that you got to, uh, you, you got to niche down and you got to focus and you got to become a specialist in something. Um, and for me, um, I think the major easy opportunity lies in just picking an industry that you want to be an expert in. Yeah. And so that's what we've done. We've picked, uh, an industry that we're an expert in. Um, and that's where, where we play in my, in my actual brick and mortar quote unquote agency. Yeah. No, it's a uh, good to hear you say that. And it, again, something I totally agree with. I think back when we were doing SEO, uh, you know, back in the, the mid-2000s and everything, you pretty much done everything. You you wrote your own content, you done your own links, you done yep. everything, and you had to be a general marketer, if you like. You know, yep. you've done a pay-per-click and everything. Um, but now, you know, it does, you know, everything has its own special subject. Even guys who do things like Facebook ads, for example, there's so much... Yep you know, in terms of A-B testing and, you know, what you can do with Facebook ads that you need someone who knows that inside out rather than someone like me who can say, yeah, boost a post and, you know, yeah. do this and do that. You know, I, I understand the the basic concepts and retargeting and stuff, but I'm not the guy that does Facebook ads day in, day out. Um, not, not me either. Me, I'm, I'm not either. And It's crazy, but, Craig, to that point, I, I was just looking, I was trying to help uh, a client of mine find somebody to run Facebook ads. They're just a home services company. Uh, and I don't run Facebook ads like you. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll help you pre-vet somebody. I'll at least give you a couple candidates that I think would be good. Mm -hmm. So I go on, I go on Upwork, I create a job profile um, uh, or create a job post and start hiring. And man, it's insane. Even with Upwork, everybody's a Facebook expert these days. It is nutso. Click funnels this, click funnels that, the Facebook marketing experts. I mean, oh, the wazoo. And you got people in the Philippines, and I got lots of Filipinos on my team, but you got people in the Philippines charging a thousand, two thousand dollars a month US to run Facebook ads. Jeez. So talk about like market sophistication level, like, man, you you gotta be an expert, I feel like, these days. Yeah, definitely. Um and I think that's what every client is looking for as well. Um, you know, from from what you said earlier, clients are used to the usual sales, crappy sales pitches and everything else. Whereas I think clients now know if you want an SEO guy or a link builder, for example, you go for a yep. guy who builds links all day, not not the general SEO dude to talk shit um, about SEO and doesn't actually practice what he preaches. So. Um, no, I think that I think the the customers and everything are becoming more aware of that, and I think you're right. Niche down and become good at something, and obviously, you've got your software and everything else, and all of that kind of stuff to be able to make you a viable option. You know, above all of the other PPC dudes or whatever it's going to be, um, and really stand out from the crowd. It's not that hard, man, to become an expert, though. Like, if you think about it, like, I still think that local niches, like, that there's so much money stuck in those local niches and verticals. And it's not that hard. Like, if you pick any random niche, 
Um, let's say you pick one niche, like you, you do fulfillment for three or four clients and you're an expert in that niche. Why you got results, you got rankings, you got case studies, like that's more than 99% of the market has, like, how hard is it to be an expert and to be able to talk the talk and walk the walk? Like it's simple. Um, it's, I, I, yeah, I think there's obviously what you said earlier, like there's loads of different marketers out there, but. I still feel that there's not that many people actually that good at a lot of the specifics. So when I look at it, I'm like, hand on heart, could I name 50 really good guys in the world? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure. There probably is. But, uh, you know, the ones that I come across who are so-called experts, you're like, oh, jeez, you know. You know, that although there's a lot of competition out there and everyone's sitting out to to become a marketer um i don't think there's actually as you say it's not as if we can't do local seo there's still a lot of shit local seo out there um and obviously getting your citations and everything else done it's relatively simple and straightforward to rank well locally um, and is everyone doing it absolutely not and there's loads i know loads of guys from america are big on lead gen um, from a local seo level and make Yep. millions and millions of pounds a year so um, and you know they can't dominate every niche going or niche or whatever you say in america um, we call it niche here um, yep. but uh, <coughs> yeah i think there's a lot of untapped money still there to to be um, taken um but in terms of going forward you know is that something you plan on doing do you plan on expanding out to do other stuff or what's the plans for the future yeah, so right now I kind of have the the agency as as the front, uh, working on actual B two B local businesses. Then I have digital triggers, obviously selling training and, and giving back to the kind of the community. Uh, then we have Invisible PPC doing fulfillment. Um, this year, Invisible PPC added on a new product. Um, primarily, before all that they did was Google search, like, and that's by far their bread and butter. Um, but we're kind of limited to the businesses that actually do Google search, right? Like for every hundred businesses out of out there, like what, maybe 10 of them, 20 of them, maybe do Google search. Yeah. Um, so severely limited. So this year we rolled out a new product, which is really simple, but it's been crushing it the entire year, which is just multi-channel retargeting. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's all the big platforms, right? But it's like, we all know that we let 90% of our traffic go. Like we can't convert them. We don't convert them first time. So what are we doing to bring them back? Well, like the best of us maybe have Google retargeting running or Facebook retargeting or one channel. Um, There's about eight different channels that we hit and we just play this super uh, aggressive retargeting campaign uh, that starts at 250 bucks a month for us to run. Um, And so that's been a big hit this year or well in the last 12 months. So for anyone listening um, that only uses Google, uh, you know, kind of stuff and they're not really retargeting anything else, where do you see the quickest wins? What platforms, is it like Quora ads or you know what kind of platforms are you seeing super good results from? So at the end of the day, I think it's important to know with retargeting, like the reason that it works, right? Is just like, it's that reminder every impression, mm-hmm. right? That people see your ad. It's like, oh yeah, crap. I forgot I was looking at buying that Bluetooth speaker. Oh yeah, it fires that synapse. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot to do that. Let's go do that. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why it works. And I think it's important just to think about that. Uh, And then secondarily, it's like, well, then where's my customer base? Mm -hmm. 
So wherever your customer base is, whatever sites they're on, you should be showing up there, right? And that's how we, uh, that's how we think about retargeting. And so if you're just on Google, that's great. Google has a big footprint with Google's display network, obviously lots and lots and lots of sites. Um, I think they cover like 70 or 80% of the world's websites out there, something like that. Like it's crazy, huge footprint. Um, Gmail ads inside of Google are great. You obviously have YouTube ads then that you can run and video ads that you can run inside. Um, and those are all great options, um, but you still have Facebook, which obviously we know gets a boatload of traffic, yeah. right? You got Twitter, you got LinkedIn, right? Then you got other third-party uh, display networks like Google, but they just don't have Google's footprint. Mm -hmm. um, and so very quickly, um, you, you can spread a very big footprint. And at the end of the day, like you're only paying when you actually show an impression. So if yeah. your ad isn't seen, there's no cost. Um, so we, we want to be everywhere that our users are to answer your question, Craig. And then like ultimately, then we take it to the next level. And the next thing that we're worried about is banner blindness. So like, Craig, when you've seen the same ad 10 times for that Bluetooth speaker, you're like, all right, enough already. And you start to just kind of tune it out, right? Yeah. Um, and so we change up those ads and we just show a bunch of different ones. So every time is like a new ad experience, a new viewing experience. And you're like, oh yeah, crap. I completely forgot about that Bluetooth speaker. And here's some reviews and here's a testimonial and oh, look, a sale, you know, and a coupon code. And we, we just cha keep changing up kind of the call to action and the graphic design. Uh, so that you don't get banner blindness. Yeah. So for anyone out there who's potentially listening in and going, you know, I want to know more about this. You know, what am I potentially missing out on in terms of not retargeting through these other various other channels that you talk about? Is that something your training courses provide? Yeah. Um, or just go to invisiblepc.com. Like, to be honest, um, we charge 250 a month for that service. Um, if you're going to pay somebody to learn it or you're going to do it yourself, you'd probably just be better off having us do it. Just because we're white label, uh, we find that a lot of agencies are like, yeah, we want to use you too because it's it's just so cheap. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just a lot of um, invisible PPC is really, really good at running systems and processes all day, every day, like a factory. Right. Yeah. And so we know that we just throw the jobs over and they all look exactly the same, that they're gonna get done and they're gonna get done right every single time. Um, and so when you look at really how much time it would take, um, not that this is supposed to be a sales pitch for invisible PPC, uh, but it's gonna take you a long time. Like we don't ever launch an ad campaign without uh, creating over 250 different banners, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, just the time for that, it's like 250 banners and it's 250 bucks a month, like really? Yeah, like, well, that was going to be my next question. I mean, that sounds too good to be true, if you like. Yeah, <laughs> and that's you know, the goal. But that's the goal. And uh, understand as well that we primarily work with agencies. So mm -hmm. if it was too good to be true and we're only getting one sale, that wouldn't be very good for us, yeah. right? But if we get, uh, if it's too good to be true and somebody's really excited, so they come on board and there's no friction in the sales process and they bring us one client or it's themselves and then all of a sudden they got, 20, 30, 50, 100 clients, right? That That's a big win for us. And that's where we win. You know, if we were going to direct to consumer, we could never keep those prices the way that they are. Yeah. No, it's, uh, as I say, not everything's too good to be true. And I think what's clever about guys like yourself um, and, and if you unravel why, you know, it's the processes and everything else that you've got there, you've got the thing in place. So as you say, it's literally chucking it in 
and uh, <laughs> you know you've done it a million times over, and it's just a, a rinse and repeat process for the same you know people. But um, it sounds like a a great option for people to try. And as I say, I don't normally um, do that, but you know I think people will. They're, they're always looking for something different, and I think what what would be quite good for people to try is try different channels rather than the usual you know google um only channel and and give it yeah. a bash because i think certainly in my experience from uh when when i used to do client work and whatnot um retargeting really wasn't a big thing a lot of them don't do it and if you've got high ticket items people are not buying instantly um yeah. so as you say <coughs> those kind of just just gentle reminders or changing it up and you know making it different for people um, is, is going to stand in good stead and everyone's website is losing you know the yeah. 90 plus percent of their traffic and not capitalizing so certainly for 250 bucks it's worth a go um, if you're getting if you're getting traffic um if you're getting traffic typically what we see is we can add 10 to 20 or 10 to 30 percent more conversions relatively quickly yeah Right. So if you do the math and you're like, yeah, for 250 bucks, that's a no brainer. It probably is. If you do it and you're like, I don't know if that's going to work. It probably won't. Um, is the way that we look at it. The way I look at it is give it a bash and um, <laughs> take a See how it goes. 250 bucks. And if it works, great. If it's a pile of garbage and doesn't work, then you can, you, you've always got that ability to walk away. Sure. Um, so try, as I say, try and test. Um, but on to the next thing that you do, and obviously something I'm curious of is your podcast. Um, so you do podcasts and everything else, um, and a lot of people, you know, are starting to do a lot more podcasts. You've done them for a while now. Um, you know, how do you see your podcast do you make money from it is this just a giving back to people helping people what what's your angle on the podcast yeah i guess um i'll answer that with a story um it was about at the end end of uh 2018 um secretly behind the scenes i was exiting a bunch of my holdings in the digital marketing space um uh, my agency that I built to roughly 84,000 a month recurring. I ended up exiting um, uh, my uh, my call tracking platform that I had built, uh, selling to agencies and, and selling to my own, th through my own agency, I ended up selling and a bunch of other things. Um, and uh, and I, as I sat like thinking like, what am I gonna do when I get older? <laughs> what am I gonna do when I grow up? Like what's the next, you know, what's the next 10 years look like for me? Like what's gone well in the past? What do I want to change for the future? Where do I want to go? It became evident that I wanted to still play in this market. Like I wasn't going any, going anywhere. I love this market. Um, but honestly, I felt like um, I didn't do that great of a job communicating with my audience. Um, I would show up and I'd be like, check this out. I just did something really cool inside my agency. And I just launched a new training course teaching you how. And it was genuine and it was good. But... It would a lot of times, man, at the end of the day, I felt guilty because it was promo, 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 promo. Yeah. Right. And I don't promote that much, but I do like internally when I when I promote something, I promote it hard. Like I believe in it. Right. Like I don't have fast promote shit. So once a quarter, I'm like slamming something down people's throats because I think it's important that they have it. Um, but man, I look back on it and I'm like, I, I want to do a better job communicating with my audience 
when there is nothing for sale. And it was yeah. just something internally that I felt like nobody really does and that I wanted to do better. And so when I thought about how I could do that, I spent a couple of days really mapping out how um, the podcast became that way. Mm -hmm. um, but to be honest, man, I, I had a failed podcast. <laughs> so I had a failed podcast in the past. We ran a podcast at Digital Triggers um, and, uh, and it was great. Um, but I had somebody on my team running it and, uh, and they ended up leaving and the balls got dropped and it never got picked back up again. So for about two and a half or three years, we had no podcast. Jeez. So I rebooted the podcast and it was like, the only way that I'm going to do this is if it adds value to my people. And if I can get the systems and processes set up in such a way that all I have to do is say, these are the cool ass people that I want to spend time interviewing and talking with and, and, uh, and having on my show, like I'm about to have you on the show and my team takes care of the rest and I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Right. Because that's why the first one fell apart because I had somebody else running it. We didn't have all the systems and processes documented. And then it was basically like, here you go, Joe, I'm quitting. Here's everything that you need. And I was just like, shit, like, <laughs> this is a mess. Like I'm not doing this. Like, and it was such it was it was such a big ordeal, um, and it was not systematized. It wasn't processed. There was no no VAs, nobody helping. It was just this one guy. I looked at it and I'm like, nope. I just retreated instead of like you know jumping in and and making it happen. I just retreated. Nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So this time was like, I'll do it. But number one, it's got to be all about my people, right? It's got to be about my audience. Um, and then number two it's gotta be loose enough for me to like whatever I'm thinking about for the week, right? Like if it's like, man, I, I wanna go nerd out with some SEO, let's get three people on to talk about SEO. Like then we do that, right? Yeah. If it's like my brain's like, hey, I'm thinking about selling uh, a couple of the agencies that we're building right now, right? Then like, let's go have people on that broker those deals, right? But let's keep it free in my brain so that I don't have constraints and so that it's fun for me. Because if it's fun for me and I want to, I want to jump on and I want to do the podcast, um, yeah. then it's going to be fun for everybody else, right? And they're going to want to follow along in the journey. So, the 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 concept of my show is much like yours. I think it's kind of like be a fly on the wall for a conversation I want to have anyway. And my people freaking love it. Yeah. No, I think it's you know for me when I've been about and trying to learn this, you you've always been like fuck, you know, having a beer with a gang, you're like people would get so much value from just listening into that conversation. And the conversation just started with, hey, you know, my name's Joe. Um, what do you do? And then you, you get into the nitty gritty and you've yep. done your software and all that. So, yeah, I think it, it's good to do that. But what people don't realise, um, and I think it's quite important to say, is there's a process and everything else that goes round about it. Like, as soon as I finish recording this, um, you know, I'll, I'll download it and give it to the, the video editing person. Um, and they'll make a trailer for it. And, you know, there's a sequence of events that happen yep. to be able to make that go out there. And I think it's it's not as easy as people think, just sitting there behind the podcast and doing the video. And, you know, there's a lot of other small things um, and a process that goes round about that to be able to churn them out at a reasonable pace while still enjoying it as well. Because if I had to do all that and I'm going, I sat and spoke to Joe for half an hour and I've now got to go and edit videos and, Shit like that. I would never get anything done. So yeah, exactly. It's it's uh it's good that you do that. And I think it's, it, I think we're aligned in terms of 
you know, what I want to give back as well is just speaking to cool guys like you who have been very successful, find out what they've got and just a bit more about what they do. And yeah. as I say, it helps my learning as well because, as I say, I'm not an expert in everything. So I've had Facebook ad guys yeah. on, I've had, I've had, again, website brokers on, and, you know, yep. talking about buying and selling websites. And I think hopefully um, that adds value to it. But <clears throat> as I say, I think it's... it's uh, a lot of people do it for the wrong reasons. A lot of people think you make a lot of money from doing podcasts. <laughs> and you're like, no, nah, not really. No. But I was curious um, and I wasn't in case there was some dark secret. Um, but no. Nah. It's starting to it's starting to take off more and more. Um, we're starting to get more kind of vi- virality type of traffic. I mean, not, nothing crazy, but it's starting to be picked up more in iTunes, right? So I see traffic um, coming up and 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 uh, and growing, not necessarily just like when I push it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like over time, it's getting better and better, right? Not just reliant on like I push it and send an email and it's like, Boop, and then it just falls <laughs> off immediately, uh, which is what it was when we started. Right now, it's kind of a a, a nice little growth. Um, the other thing is, man, I think we're in a decade of like of raving. It's in a sense, it's easier than ever to create raving fans. Um, I think that um, like Netflix, for example, like people binge Netflix, Netflix and chill, right? This statement, like, and, and that's not my generation, but that's all that people do. And they just binge episode after episode after episode. And I've been guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think you can do that with podcasts, right? You, yeah. can, you can create content and in a way people can binge and it's like, Craig, 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 Craig. What happens after like literally every day for a week, they, they're watching your, you know, every, you know, for, for six months, every week, they're watching your podcast episode. What happens at the end of that? Like what kind of relationship have you built with them is, is the, the thing that, that I'm really looking at. Um, yeah. And it's crazy. Um, it's something I need to do. I think I'm, I'm at the start of my uh, podcast career and I'm getting the, up, you know, when you send the email out and a bit of yeah. on social media, then boom. Um, but I think obviously uh, I've got a fairly big following social media wise and I speak at a lot of events, which kind of yeah. helps with the growth slightly. But um, yeah, I've still got a lot of work to do and uh, figure it all out. But it's, uh, it's a learning curve and, and as I say, something I wanted to do and add value back to, to other people because I think speaking to cool guys like you um, on a, a weekly basis rather than waiting to go to a conference or yeah. we might never meet at all because um, yeah, yeah, sure. you're surrounded by five of your big fans or whatever, uh, you know, at some conference or whatever, we might never get the chance to speak. So it does give that opportunity to network and chat some stuff as well. And as I say, um, it, that that's where business is at and think you just have to put your face out there and do a lot more of it um but sadly let me ask you craig let me uh-huh. ask you real quick on the podcast side what what's the biggest time suck for you the biggest time suck for me um <laughs> the biggest time suck is getting people onto the podcast so the emailing back and forth and you know i know you've got your man eduardo or whatever so i'll have eduardo send you our sops for that so all that I give Eduardo is a list of names. He handles yeah. the rest. Um, so I'll give you all of our SOPs and processes for that. Um, I don't do anything. Like I literally give him a list of people that I have on, 
right? I ran into um, some of our mutual friends, uh, James Dooley and, and Adam, right? And they're like, man, you gotta get Craig on. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I like literally text Eduardo. I'm like, hey, Craig Campbell, uh, get him on the podcast. And I, like, I didn't do anything until showing up today, right? Yeah. So um, that's made that super easy for me. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely something I need to look into. Getting them on uh, and stuff like that is, is the important and the, the hardest part um, for me. Everything else is fairly easy. I've got everything else systemized, but yeah, that part I may have to, I'll have to get myself an Eduardo. Yeah, chasing <laughs> chasing cats, man, ain't, ain't fun. Herding cats ain't fun. And all of us yeah. entrepreneurs, man, are a bunch of cats. But uh, sadly, Joe, we are out of time. Um, but for anyone who likes what they've got to hear about you, obviously you've got your podcast, Digital Triggers, which I'm sure yep. many people have heard of. You've got Invisible PPC. Is there anywhere else people should be looking at to get a hold of you? Yeah, digitaltriggers.io, invisibleppc.com, and then YouTube. Um, we do uh, pretty consistent content on YouTube as well. You can just look us up, uh, Digital Triggers. Um, but that also gets published over at the blog, so that should get you covered. Cool. Um, and as I say, I will catch up with you on your podcast in, uh, next week, I think it is. And hopefully yes, have a bit of fun on there as well. But do appreciate you coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me on and looking forward to have you on ours. See you, Cheers. Craig. And thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Cheers. Ooh, that's it.